I love that song. And we even got an honorary singer came up to the stage representing the kids. Go ahead. Amen. That's what happened when the spirit gets you. You just got to let it do what it do. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see everyone here. Uh, thank you for your flexibility. Uh, as mentioned earlier, uh, we were supposed to have an outdoor, outdoor picnic service, but God wanted something different for us. Uh, so we're here worshiping in the confines of this building, which is awesome as well. Uh, kids, we do have, just in case you're not ready to listen to the service quite yet, but hopefully you can. We do have a couple coloring pages uh, that are in the back uh, for some of the children and maybe even some of the adults. We'll see. But good morning. It's great to be here today. It's great to be a week away from our Hope Day of Giving and to prepare our hearts and to prepare our souls to give. I was thinking, what, what would be an awesome thing to do? Because the last two months, we've been focusing on the names of God, going through different characteristics of who God is and who he is to us. And instead of opening up a chapter to another name of God, I want to focus on something a little different. I want to focus on what does God want from us? What does God want from his children, from his sons? And daughters? And how can we learn from an awesome God on how to be awesome sisters, brothers, sons, and daughters? And if you guys can turn with me to Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 through 46. And Carol, what I'm going to do before I go to uh, the book, I'm going to read this uh, verse first, and I'm going to come back to it. But the title of my lesson this morning is, do I see the king? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves, is do we see the king? Do we know who the king is? And do we know what the king wants from his people? And then here in Matthew chapter 25, I'm going to read verse 34 and 36. So if you have your Bible, please turn with me. If not, We'll have it here on the slides here. But in Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, Jesus goes into really showing the people what Judgment Day is going to look like. But here in verse 34, he says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, who are blessed by the Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. I'm going to stop right there because to set up the story here is Jesus was talking to the masses. And he was like, this is what the kingdom of God is going to look like. That you're going to have all the people of this world and they're going to be separated into two categories. We're going to have, you guys are the lucky ones this morning. 
we're going to have the sheep on one side, and then we're going to have the goats on the other side. It's just theoretical, guys. It's just theoretical. So with this, Jesus is telling this story of how, if you are a goat, how to cross over to be a sheep. And if you are a sheep, how to stay a sheep. He ends up telling them that if you take care of the hungry, if you take care of those who are thirsty, if you invite the stranger in, if you clothe those without clothes, if you look after those that are in prison, that that's what the sheep do. Those are the ones that are going to enter into his kingdom. And then those sheep had answered, when did we do that? When did I feed the hungry? When did I feed or uh, quench the thirst of the thirsty? When did I do all these things? Which I can understand them saying that because look what the father said here in verse 34. Again, he says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance for I was hungry. This is the king speaking, right? The king said, I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. And I can understand the sheep saying, when, did, when does a king ever need food, right? When does a king ever need to be invited? Because the king, that's the one we worship. That's the one where we get our resources from. That's the one we get our blessings from is the king. So they pose that question in verse 37. When, when did we do that? And I think about the story of one of my uh, children, I guess both of my children, my wife and I read this book called The Prince and the Pauper. You guys ever heard of that book? So you have the, you have the, the Mark Twain version of it, right? But we read the Walt Disney version of it. So it's a story. You have Mickey Mouse. Uh, you have a couple other characters. You know, you have Goofy in there. You, any Goofy fans in here? I got a few. Uh, there's a lot of people on the right that are Goofy. Wow. <laughs> All right. So you got the goofy fans who got a little picture of goofy here. And then you got the the old Pete. And, you know, Pete was definitely a goat. He, he was one of those guys that really tried to shut down uh, Mickey. But for those that don't know the premise of the story, the prince and the pauper, you had identical looking mice in this case. You had Mickey Mouse, who was a, a peasant. And then you had a prince that looked exactly like Mickey Mouse. And they, they say of this world that all of us have a twin, right? Somewhere around this world, we have a twin. Mickey Mouse ran into his twin in this story. But the crazy thing is what they ended up doing is they switched places. Mickey, the peasant, he was able to dress in the fine clothes of the prince. And the prince, he wanted to see what common life was like. So he worked or he ended up dressing in more modest clothing and being with the city or the community. But I think about this story when I think about Jesus and the king. Because the king said, when you do these things for me, when you do these things for other people, you're actually doing these things for me. And that perplexes me because I, I think how many times do I have an opportunity to help someone 
and I just pass. Because I don't think it's the king, or I don't think it's affecting the king. Because all of us, if Jesus came here and we knew it was Jesus, and he asked, hey, can, I, can you fetch me some water? We're like, okay, do you want ice? You want it cubed? Do you want it crushed? You know, what temperature? You know, we, we'll be eager to serve. But the challenge here, if we want to become sheep, sheep is are we going to do that for our common man? Are we going to do that to those that we run into? My first point is do I see the people us asking us that question? Do I see the people? Because the righteous answered, as I mentioned in verse 37, when did we see you? I don't understand, King. When? When when did it happen? When were you hungry, thirsty, a stranger? And he ended up saying is that when you do these, in verse 40, it mentions the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, in some translations, brothers and sisters, you did for me. And this brother that he was talking about, it is two different ways you can look at it. You know, your physical brother, your blood brother, your blood sister is what he's referring to. But this also has the, the connotation of a community. We're a community together. Like, we're all brothers and sisters in God's kingdom, amen? So the question begs, is am I fulfilling these duties, these privileges as sheep? Am I doing that for my fellow brothers and sisters? That's where the rubber meets the road. It's like, even as you think about the person you're sitting to, sit next to right now. Do I know that person? Have I at least introduced myself? Maybe if you came in late, you didn't want to be rude and you didn't do it quite yet. But are we taking the opportunity to really make people that are strangers in our own mind just because we don't know them and invite them in and invite them into our fellowship, invite them to our home, those that are in need, those that are imprisoned, I think that's a huge one when it comes to our spiritual walk, right? Because we all felt enslaved in one way or the other. Because of be it situation, be it our job, be it our family situation, because of sin in our life, it's been times where we felt that. And even kids, you might have been enslaved by your homework, right? You're like, when am I ever going to be set free? Freedom, you know? We thinking that. But it happens so much We see someone struggling, but do we make that phone call? Do we go over to introduce ourselves when you see someone sitting in the fellowship by themselves? Because I'm convinced that I want to be on the side of the sheep when the shepherd comes one day. I'm convinced that that's the place to be, not only for for just me and my own walk, but for the community, for the brothers and sisters as a whole. Because when we're looking after each other, things are going to get taken care of, amen? But the question always come back to us as individuals. Do I see? Do I see what is happening? Do I see the people around me? Matthew chapter 12, verse 50, I'm just going to uh, read it real quickly. 
Jesus says, for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and my mother. So as we go back to that story of the, the sheep and the goats, in verse 40, as I had mentioned, he had, he had said that when you do these for these brothers of mine, this is the king speaking, when you do these things, when you feed, when you, when you clothe, when you do these things, you're doing for my brothers. So now the question is, who is the brother? Matthew 12, 50, Jesus says, whoever does the will of God. Whoever does the will of God, that's who we prioritize. And we definitely want to serve those outside of God's kingdom. Amen. Because we want everyone to be brothers and sisters. But he says it starts with those inside your kingdom. It starts. How do I serve my brother and sister? You know, I love. um, I love the idea of serving. I love the idea. Sometimes, sometimes I don't want to do it, though, right? <laughs> you know, we had a point in time when we first moved here where it was a bunch of people that was moving into Dallas. And I remember getting those phone calls. Hey, brother, we need some help moving. Where do you live? I'm, I live on the 11th floor. <laughs> like, 11th floor where? No, we didn't have that happen. But you, you get my drift, Right? Is that you have this opportunity to move. You have this opportunity to serve. And we love the idea of serving until it's time to serve. And we're like, my show coming on tonight. (laughs) Not not tonight. And my DVR don't work, so I have to be in front of my TV to watch the show, right? No, thank you. (laughs) No, that's not what needs to happen. Because God wants us to take care of one another. Amen? Amen. But then you have the questions like, okay, okay, I see the people now. I see God's kingdom. I see the people. But do I see the needs? That's my second question I have for us today. Is do I see the needs? Once I identify the people, and then we have the opportunity to identify What's happening in the soul? What's happening in the spirit? Jesus had ended up talking as, as, as he was talking about the sheep and the goats. That the goat side, they saw the same thing as the sheep. They saw the hungry. They saw the thirsty. They saw the stranger. They saw the person in prison. But what did they do? The text says that they did not help out. They did not lend a helping hand, even though God gave them the opportunity to see the people. Even though he also gave them the opportunity to see the need, they did nothing about it. So I pose the question again. Do I see the need? Do I see the need to give a warm smile in the fellowship? Do I see the need to give a parent a helping hand with their young child? Do I see the need to give a listening ear to someone that just needs to vent? And not only do I see that need, am I ready to fulfill that need? Because that's the greatest thing about the kingdom of God is that we all 
have the opportunity to be like Jesus. Amen. We all have the opportunity to provide some type of relief to the people that we come in contact with. You know, I love the, the Celebrate Recovery Ministry and just the, the momentum that that's gaining and the people that that's helping out because just like any other person in life, we all need somebody that's going to listen. But we also need somebody that's going to tell us the truth, right? We need that. And we have ministries. We have small groups that do that. And if you're visiting, please ask about our small groups. Ask about our, our units that we able to do, live out being sheep in real life. But then here in verse 46, actually before I look at 46, Ephesians 6, 7. It says, serve like we're serving God. Always serve like you're serving God. And what's the toughest thing about doing that? Yeah, we ain't God, right? <laughs> That's the toughest thing. Is that, yeah, it'd be one thing to serve God. But it's a different thing to serve Clint. It's a much different thing to serve fill in the blank. Because we're not God. We're not as compassionate. We don't see into the soul like God does. But in Ephesians 6, 7, it still says, serve like we're serving the Lord himself. And then in Matthew 25, 46, after the shepherd, the king, he separated the sheep from the goat and told them, this is why you're sheep. This is why you're goats. In verse 46, actually, I'm going to read verse 45, and then we got 46 here on the board. It says, he will reply to those that asked, you know, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, so on and so forth. I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And that's what we want. We want eternal life, right? If those are the two choices, which those are, eternal punishment or eternal life, give me life, amen. Give me liberty, give me life. But kids, I'm going to ask you this question. Why do you think God gives us rewards, and why do you think he gives us punishment? When you think about that concept of reward and punishment, God could take that away, right? Say, hey, you just live life. But instead, he gave us reward and punishment. And all right, so any, any, any kid that's, let's say, 13 and under, why do you think God allows for rewards and punishment? Any, any, any answers? Oh, I'm about to say, you 13? I'm about to say, come on, bro. No, that's Jason, man. That's my good man right there. Chris, what do you think? Why? Mm-hmm. Just shout it out. Why do you think God gives us punishment and reward? That's all right. I put him on the spot. I'm, I'm going to tell you what he's thinking. All right. I'm going to tell you what he's thinking. He's trying to be modest and humble, which he's doing very well at. It's because if we didn't have it, 
when do we know when we're doing good? And when do we know when we're doing bad? Is that what you was thinking, Chris? Was, okay, amen. That's what he was thinking. What, how do we know? Chris, you got another, another Chris. You got another answer. It teaches us discipline, right? Rewards, punishment. What do I need to be doing? And what are the things that's going to hold me back into wherever I'm trying to go? Right? In school, the teachers, they give you an A if you do well. They give you an F if you need to study some more, right? In athletics, you get more playing time if you're doing well and excelling on the field. And you get less playing time if not. God, he sets things up in a way so that we know what we need to be doing. You know, positive reinforcement, right? You know, you got the old, what was that, Maslow experiment with the dog. Where any time you ring the bell. Pavlov, thank you. Pavlov, not Matlock. Uh, Pavlov. Ring the bell. And if you give the dog treats every time you ring the bell, even if you don't give the dog a treat and you ring the bell, what happened? <sighs> He's hungry. God, he knows how he built us. He knows how we built the animals. He knows that if you give positive reinforcement, that you will get a good return. We think about our brothers and sisters, starting within our families. Are we giving that positive positivity back to the people who live in our homes? Because that's what we want, right? We want a warm community. We want a spiritual household. If we want that, what are we putting into it? Are we doing the things that sheep do? Are we doing the things that the goat does or the lack thereof? So God is trying, he's, he's trying to implore us. It's like, I'm not trying to make it complicated. I want it simple enough that children all the way up to those that are on their deathbed can understand what I want from you. And he illustrated it with Jesus. Where Jesus came, he washed the feet of his disciples. He healed the sick. He touched the leper. He did all these different things to let us know that this is what good looks like. It's not just theory. I'm going to exemplify it. And now we have the opportunity to exemplify that as well. God wants to encourage us towards the good. He wants to deter us away from the bad. He wants us to see the people. He wants us to see the needs. And he wants us to give towards those. So I'm going to do a little pop quiz real quickly. A little, little practice, right? Because when we leave here, you're like, okay, Clinton, how am I supposed to feed the hungry? How do I know what they look like? How do I know what someone that's in bondage look like? Because not all of us can go to prisons to comfort those in prison, right? So I'm going to give you a little quiz here. I'm going to put a picture up here, and you tell me, is this person hungry, lonely, sick, trapped, thirsty, or cold? All right, first picture. Hungry. They got bowls. They want some food. How many of you guys got food at your house right now? So we can all give something, right? It might be steak. 
It might be beans, but we always have something to give, amen? The next one. Can y'all see that? Lonely. You got a person that's in the crowd, but they're sitting by themselves. They're not reading the book, not listening to music, where they choosing to be by themselves. They're, they're lonely. God says to invite the stranger in. And who better to do that than those that have the Holy Spirit, amen? The next one. Cold. Yes, even his nose is red, right? Freezing. How can we help? You know, we, we got the fall and the winter coming up. Coat drives, clothing drives, shoe drives that happen within our communities, within our schools. So looking for opportunities to help out. The next, next slide, we have three more. You guys are doing great. You're 100%. Thirsty. This guy's in the desert, and he's reaching for that bottle of water. It don't matter if that's Fiji water or not, right? He's like, I'm going to take it because it's wet. How can we help those that are thirsty, not just physically, but spiritually? Those that are thirsting for something more than what they have, we have Jesus to give them. The next one. Sick. You know, it always breaks our hearts when our kids are sick, right, or hurting. You know, my little daughter, she had pinched a nerve in her neck this morning, and now she can't be as active and dance as much as she normally likes to. How can we help? How can we help those that are hurt, that are sick? Sometimes it's just opening the door for somebody, right? Hey, go ahead. And sometimes it's opening your home and inviting them in so they can share what's on their heart. And the last one. Trapped. And what was the scripture talked about? Yeah, it's being in bondage because of being in prison, right? I didn't want to do the prison bar. That would be too easy. So I found this one and said, because as I mentioned earlier, a lot of times we feel trapped in life, right? We feel like I don't know which way to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to read. I don't know which friends to have. And there's a lot of people that fit, that, that fit into that category, right? But we have a family. We have a group of sheep here that want to see the people, that want to see the needs, and want to set the captive free. And so I end with the same questions that I began with. Do I see the people? Is that something that you see? When you go to and fro, are you looking for the people? Are you looking for those that are helping? I, I could tell you, it's tough. Because some days you feel like looking for the people, right? And some sometimes you don't. Some days I go to go work out and I'm looking for conversation. I'm looking for needs. And other days, I'm just trying to get in and get out, right? But God, he calls us to more than that, right? He calls us to be sheep wherever we go and look for opportunities, be it big or small, to help. So do I see the people and do I see the needs? God gives us eyes and ears and a heart for a reason, right? 
So now let's use it. Let's continue to use it for the advancement of his kingdom because we all want to be sheep. And as I close here, we're going to have an opportunity to take the, the bread and the juice and raise your hand if you didn't get one of the all-in-one cups just so we can uh, make sure everyone has it. And you just keep your hand up and the ushers uh, get those for you. But we're going to take the bread and the juice right now. And taking this bread, taking this juice, for those that don't know, it represents the body of Christ. Amen. It represents a mantra for us, a decision, a conviction from us that we want to be sheep, that we want to follow the road that the shepherd lays out for us, that we want to follow the example of the king who did all these different things, who fed the hungry, who helped those that were entrapped, invited the stranger in. He did that before we ever could. But as we take this bread and take this juice, that we're proclaiming that that's who we want to be in our essence. That's who we want to exemplify. That's what the type of light we want to shine. And if you're thinking, man, I, I don't think I can do this, man. Talk to the person who brought you. Because sometimes we still need to get release of our own sin before we can start seeing the people and seeing the needs, right? So as we, let's go to God in prayer and ask him to help us to see not only the king, but the king's people and the needs that are out there. Amen.